In this episode, I talk to Alan and Catherine Knowles from the Special Risks Bureau. They specialise in insurance for people who have existing conditions or take part in extreme pastimes or hazardous occupations. The financial services industry calls this impaired lives. Alan and Catherine have a much less gloomy term for it, which we'll discover in the chat. But this small firm recently launched a bold marketing campaign for protection insurance using the Walking Dead's zombie theme. It's hard-hitting, striking, and not what you've come to expect from financial services firms. Alan and Catherine talk about why they've decided to be bigger and bolder and braver than most of their peers and where they are taking their marketing next. That's all right here in episode 91 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. Welcome to the Empath Podcast. How are you doing? Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you downloaded the episode or streamed the episode. I really do appreciate your support. If you get value from the show, please can I ask you to share it with a friend or share it with a colleague. And if you have time, please do leave a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate your help spreading the word as we head towards the magic 100th episode. I'm super excited about this episode because my guests are also one of my marketing coaching clients and they've been big, bold and brave with their marketing and social media. So I'm going to get straight into the meat of the episode right now. Alan and Catherine run Cura Financial Services Limited, which is the holding company for the Special Risks Bureau. Based in North Yorkshire, they were shortlisted for the Best Protection Advisor category at the recent Money Marketing Awards 2016. So let's get into that interview right here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. So, Alan and Catherine, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Hi there. Thank you for having us. Hi. How are you doing this morning? We're very, very good. We managed to get into the office before it started uh, raining too much. So, um, we're just kind of hibernating at the moment. So, yeah. it's quite good. Keeping warm indoors and, uh, yeah. Where are we Skyping each other from today, guys? Obviously, I'm up in very wet and rainy Edinburgh. And we're from very, very wet and rainy Filey in North Yorkshire. So, we're just um, a little bit lower than Scarborough. I think that's the one that people tend to recognise um, the most. Or, or if it, you need it a bit more, sort of like just to the right of York on the coast. Guys, I'm really excited about our chat today. Obviously, Catherine, we've had a few conversations over the last six months. Um, We've talked about social media. We've talked about the marketing that uh, you've put together for your company. And you've been doing some really exciting stuff recently, using zombies and referencing The Walking Dead. And you're a financial services company. This is this is just this is just amazing. You you've really sort of um, taken things to another level. So there's some really exciting stuff that I want to talk to you about this morning. But before we get to that, Alan, Catherine, give me a little bit of background about yourselves, where you've come from, where you're going, and what your ambitions are. Basically, what makes Alan and Catherine Knowles tick? 
basically, I, I joined the financial services industry um, six years ago um, after I finished my PhD in business management um, at the University of Hull. Uh, it was quite fortunate, really, because Alan was working in the financial services industry already um, under the principal of the business at that time. And, and I was very, very fortunate because literally the day I handed my thesis in, the owner had always said to me, right, when you finish, that's it, you're coming to work for me. And I'd always sort of laughed it off going, yeah, yeah, of course. And literally the day I handed it in, I came in to see everyone who was like, right, you're working for me tomorrow. I couldn't really pass up the opportunity to no. be honest, you know, so like literally to, to not apply for the job or anything, just literally walk in and get it. So it was just wonderful, really. And it was nice to have that opportunity to work with Alan. And it's allowed us obviously that opportunity to build a business together from from that basis yeah absolutely um so my background was um 11 years ago i completed my degree um i was actually basically a computer programmer uh, website designer that was uh, was my sort of background uh, joined with the old principal at that time and uh, and went down that that route but very quickly picked up an interest in financial services having started writing the the content and having to research everything and uh, actually found that um i was quite good at um, at the financial services side and I found it very, very interesting. So I sort of moved into that arena 11 years ago and uh, obviously started developing from there under under my old boss. You know, and that sort of went from there, didn't it, really? And uh, obviously, yeah. as you say, you joined uh, about six years ago and then we actually took over, set up the company, didn't we, that we now have four years ago yeah. when the old owner retired? Yeah, the old owner, uh, four years ago, um, suddenly, well, he gave us about six months notice, but he just turned around to us and said, right, that's it, I'm retiring and I'm shutting up the business, and that's it. And we had, at the time, I think there was probably about eight, nine of us working here and it was a fake all of us were facing potential obviously redundancy so the option was do we all go become redundant or do me and Alan um, take the opportunity to set up on our own and try and make a go of it and uh, that sort of like became our ambition obviously was to um, set up this business to take on the employees um, who are obviously they're our friends as well yeah. and make sure that we all actually still had a livelihood a, a big obviously goal for us as with with anyone is we want to make sure that we have financial security for ourselves for our family and for our co-workers so whilst we take risks as a business we're also very very sensibly minded <laughs> we don't ever do anything that is going to put us at too much risk or anything no absolutely you know everything is um, as you, you know it's, it's coin money offers is this uh, you know big bigger bolder and braver isn't it Roger you know it's it's doing stuff but planning for it and making sure that we're, we're stepping in the right direction with it and not overstepping and um, I think you know the other thing that um, for, for the ambition side for, for us is huge is the family life. Um, mm -hmm. We've got two young boys. It's um, it's setting a good example for our children. It's setting them up right, and you know it's making sure that actually we find this balance between the business and our family lives as well, which. Uh, which is very, very difficult, <laughs> unbelievably difficult. With a, a two-year-old and a five-year-old, definitely. Um, and obviously our, our main goals as a business are to provide quality protection insurance uh, for our clients. As we're going to discuss a bit, we have a quite a niche um, client base. And and I think it's probably worth just saying that uh, your holding company is called Cura Financial Services, yeah. uh, but the main focus of your um, operation is a business called Special Risks Bureau. And and I think that uh, it's probably worth exploring a little bit about what special risks means. And undoubtedly, we're going to use a word which I utterly detest, 
impaired lives. Yeah. Catherine Allen, give me a little bit of background about Special Risks Bureau. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that previously when it was the old principal, he didn't have this kind of niche market at all. That's something that we have developed and diversified ourselves with okay. um, in regards to market changes. There was actually a Special Risks Bureau, I believe, running a few years ago as well, but that, that company dissolved. So we're not actually anything related to that, if anyone is aware of one that was around um, years ago, before yes, 2012. Yeah. Um, 2012, 2013 onwards is us. Right. but yeah, we, as you say, we, we focus quite a bit on uh, a lot of our clients have impaired lives. And as you say, it's a horrible term. I don't like it either because I'm classed definitely as someone with an impaired life, uh, which isn't nice for, for me either. And so we don't we, we don't use yeah. that kind of terminology. And we we tend to use the word our... quirky, don't we, a lot? Because quirky. We, we, quirky. <laughs> we like quirky cases. That's what we deal with. So it's people with health conditions. The next time I speak to the reinsurers, I'm going to say we're going to change the term impaired life. <laughs> To quirky lives, quirky, absolutely, <laughs> and you know it, it, it's so it's been so interesting for us as you know some of the cases, but not just with with the health side, but and, and this is why we don't especially like to use the word impaired as well because actually it's clients who do hazardous sports and activities. You know, a really interesting chap last year who was riding a motorbike from England. To, to, to Singapore, I think it was. Right. And he, he wrote a book about it, actually. Really interesting chap, and you can find him on the internet. And he was struggling to get the cover because he was going to be traveling through the likes of uh, Tajikistan and Azerbaijan and stuff like that, and then getting a ferry across the Caspian. And it was so interesting having this chat. And I was like, I didn't realize people did things like that. And he, you know, he was telling me about it. He camps out here, he talks to these people, you know, he meets new friends, he writes a book about it, and then in three or four years' time he might do the whole thing again. Mm-hmm. And it, it was fantastic. It was such a you know, sort of enlightening conversation. And it's these kind of quirky clients in a sense <laughs> that you know that, that we come across and uh, keep us keep us interested. So no two clients are the same, which is really lovely um, for our guys as well, because obviously, as everyone knows, financial services insurance products are, to put it bluntly, they're boring. Uh, nobody really finds them, well, assuming, okay, some people probably find them interesting, but in general, if you're doing it day in and day out, it does get a bit monotonous. And that's why it's so lovely to have the client bank that we do, because it doesn't get monotonous. It You just have different cases all the time because you're covering obviously life insurance, critical illness, IP, PMI, all the different ones, obviously general insurance, your ASU, and then you're covering all those products. And then on top of that, you're doing um, cases for clients that have so much of a varied background. You know, as I say, we've got health conditions, hazardous sports and pastimes, hazardous occupations, um, hazardous travel. And it's quite interesting as well sometimes how people just don't even think that maybe something is classified as a special risk I always find it it always makes me giggle and I just find it so bizarre that with some insurance companies horse riding is a special risk (laughs) and it just always makes me giggle because with some obviously they're not too bothered and with others it's a big whoa let's get this written down I need to know everything about this one and your average person isn't going to think I do horse riding at the weekends I need to declare that. This is yeah. a, this is obviously a consequence of the price competition that we see in the insurance market. And as prices continue to come down, and again, we've talked about this on the podcast so many times, even though prices are coming down all the time, demand isn't actually increasing. But the, the companies are having to squeeze the underwriting a lot more in order to keep the headline prices down. And therefore, things like horse riding and, and skateboarding or whatever it is that in the past would have just been viewed as normal behavior. And now, 
now rated and considered to be hazardous pursuits by some providers. And that's a, that's a direct consequence of the way that this market works. I'm quite interested, Alan, in whether Special Risk Bureau developed along the lines that Catherine suggests there because you wanted to diversify down a route that was interesting and was less boring than just presumably selling protection to a load of people who are taking out mortgages, or whether you identified that specific niche as one where potentially there was more opportunity. Because let's face it, most people don't really see the need for um, protection insurance, but I guess those people who have pre-existing conditions or know that they're doing a hazardous pursuit or a hazardous occupation probably have it in the back of their mind that they maybe need cover more than anybody else, or at least they appreciate the need for it. No, absolutely. I think it was actually, it was a mixture of the two to be honest because um, we had a couple of websites that just advertised nothing to do with people with health conditions this was under the old principle Um, and then when we took over we we did take over those websites but Google was changing they were gradually dropping down the the rankings as Google sort of does change its algorithms more preference to the bigger firms Mm -hmm. not quite as much for the smaller ones and we we realized this was happening and we knew that we would need to specialize we would need to do something to start out from the crowd or else we would just in a sense drop and drop and drop and we would become quite small in a sense and we would have to find another avenue for business so we identified that this was something that actually we enjoyed doing and, and, and as Catherine said even placing her own insurance you know where she was getting loadings for her for her own health background and family history for example mm-hmm. and you know, then having to overturn those decisions with the insurers and realizing, hold on, you know, these are actually people that we can speak to and we can say, well, this isn't actually fair. What you've done is you've loaded because of this, but why don't you look at the bigger picture and consider this, this sure. and this? And actually it goes from maybe a 50% loading to standard terms, um, you know, and these types of things. And, and that was really interesting and it presented another challenge. And we thought, well, if we can do this for for ourselves, we can do this for other people as well. Mm-hmm. And we we picked up the Special Risk Bureau website, and um, at this point, we realised you know it was almost like a bit of a light bulb going off. There was this um, idea that we could develop this into an online like repository of information because we know so much from having done this and and you know dealt with a volume of client over the last seven or eight years we could develop the website to provide guides and information for people so we started with you know the 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 popular ones i guess in a sense the ones that a lot of people have like you know cancers diabetes heart attacks and we wrote about our experience with them and how we found insurance is likely to to turn out so if you're looking for life cover these are the things you're going to be asked and this is the likely outcome but then that sort of went from one strength to another didn't it we developed and every time we come across a new condition somebody now gets in touch with us we say we don't have anything on our website about that so let's do some more research, let's dig a little deeper, and let's write some content for, for the next person who comes with that condition. So we we identified that there wasn't a lot of um, sort of, I guess, competition in this area. There were a couple of companies doing it in a small way, so we knew that we could get into it. But also with our expertise of just doing protection for a number of years, we also knew that we would be very, very good at it and having our personal experiences. So it was something that we really wanted to, to push. Um, 
and work on from there. And it gradually grew and grew over the over the next few years. And of course, what you've done with your website, and of course, what you've done here is you've created a classic, almost masterclass in content marketing because you've you've listened to the questions that your customers are asking, predominantly about conditions like cancer, heart attack, stroke, that sort of thing, other conditions that people may not have heard of, and obviously um, hazardous pursuits and um, and hazardous occupations and created stuff that's informative, educational, and people will actually seek out. It's not selling anything. It's not promoting you in a direct way, but the fact that you're giving people this content and making them feel comfortable with you as a business means that they're likely to recognize you as the experts that you are and come and ask you to help them with their financial affairs. So it's a really good model that you've come up with here. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that's what we have. And we've got at the moment, it's over, I think it was over 180 pages alone on the site in regards to individual special risks. And we do produce guides and everything. We try and provide, we, we try not to, we're not a hard sell company at all. We don't cold call or anything. You know, we only speak to clients who have come to us. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing as well as one of the biggest things and um, biggest issues that we have in financial services is actually engaging people and making them aware that they really should have some protection in place. And what's lovely for us in many ways is it's, it's sad in the first part because what you're doing is you're getting a lot of clients who have been told that they are going to be given very unreasonable terms or that they can't get cover at all. And you know, with these people, sometimes it can be really heartbreaking because with some of them, you, you know, it could have been just such a simple thing for say another broker or for the individual themselves to just look at the right insurer for them, mm-hmm. in a sense, and or to then know they, who to speak to in order to, to get that yeah you know, get that care. So so these people already they they a they lot want of them, it. they have the the understand you know as Catherine said that the hardest part in this industry I guess is showing people the need for this protection. Well, some of these people already know about the need, they want the cover, and they think we can't get it. So actually, what we're doing is we're, we're helping these people to get the protection that actually they want, and and it's really rewarding. Yeah. We also we also help obviously um, as well um, other um, financial advisors in our network that we're with at the moment. We're sort of their go-to broker for anybody who has a client that they are struggling to place, and it's one of the things that we do where we we say to other IFAs, you know, this is your client. It's it's your client. It's always your clients. Are you struggling to place? protection for them if you are instead of just completely losing that case in a sense and also to do the right thing by your clients send them to us we will give you an idea as to what is possible so yeah so so how we would usually work on that is uh, IFAs get in touch with us advisors even other protection advisors and they'll say we've got this client um, and we are struggling or we've put it this place and we've had it decline now to be honest, we're really good with it and uh, probably a little bit too sort of um, honest. honest at times. <laughs> um, and if it's simple, we actually just point people in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's a simple BMI issue, yeah. we just say, have you rang this company? You know, we're not going to sort of have somebody refer a case into us that's, you know, in a sense we can just do and it, it'd be a very quick, easy job for us. We'll point people in the right direction, but then what we find is that goes down really well so actually when they get something that is a lot more quirky um, they'll say do you know what this one is a little bit beyond me do you mind taking this one on and having a look and what we always do we have a chat with the the advisor first we get some information and we do the research we say well look this is what we expect it to be 
if you would like us to engage your client and have a conversation with them about this, then we will do. So the you know the advisor is getting chance to to see if it's something that they feel is reasonable first. And you know we've had amazing feedback from it. And you know ninety percent of the time we are able to recommend something or to place somebody for the client uh, for, for the uh, for the financial advisors. We've got some now where, to be honest, they just said, you know what, anything that's different, anything I've not heard of, anything I know is going to take a lot of time. I'm so busy, I will send it over to you, you guys sort the protection out for me, let me know if they need anything else and obviously we'll, you know, I'd appreciate the referral back, which we do, um, and it gives them more chance to focus on their core business. And what which, they're good at. Yeah, exactly. So it works really, really well and it's, uh, it's actually become quite a big part of our business uh, as well as the referral side. It's really interesting because obviously through your website and through your content you're engaging with the end customer but you've also created this um, very important part of your business where you're engaging and creating value for other financial services professionals so it's a really good almost like double whammy as we're using quirky terms today um, <laughs> to to to, dri- to drive your business forward and and Catherine we had a chat several months ago now I had a bit of a chat on um, on Skype about how you could maybe develop a little bit more on the social media side and uh, you've absolutely just gone off haven't you <laughs> uh, like, like a rocket and, and taken on board all sorts of um, ideas and start <laughs> started using Twitter a lot more starting using LinkedIn a lot more tell me a little bit about how you've you've started to really use that content that's on your website and build social media into your approach yeah well I have to it's a bit of a warning in a sense I am a Taurus and Alan always just think of me as a bit of a bull in a china shop kind of thing I do just go head first into everything so as soon as you said to me go into social media I literally ran into the social media. And at the moment, I use um, Buffer at the moment so that it's easy for me to get all of our social media in one place. What has been quite good is that from doing this and from increasing, especially the Twitter presence, um, it has developed a business relationship with a uh, charity where we're going to be able to help their members uh, who may be struggling to place protection. And that's been a really nice reward in a sense for for doing that because it's the charity is something that's a bit close to my heart in a sense so it's, it's really nice to be able to think that I'll be able to help people in a similar boat to what I'm in in, in many ways mm-hmm. but yeah at the moment it's just been it's been kind of a test in a sense as I say Alan's always held me quite back when it comes to social media he's quite cautious I'm and now typical I'm just... financial services person I'm quite reserved and so so, so, <laughs> so many financial services professionals are scared of social media and scared of things like Twitter and, and sometimes I think that that's because they feel that every tweet that they make is going to be a financial services promotion and therefore needs to go through the whole compliance remit. Now, I've been following your tweets since we had the um, conversation a few months ago, Catherine. There's not one tweet that I've seen you done where I've thought, oops, that's a financial services promotion. That could have been a problem. You've just embraced it. You're having conversations with people. You're sharing great content, and it's obviously working for you. Well, one thing that could help with that is that I'm actually the compliance director here. Ah, well, there you go. (laughs) um, 
I do have a bit of a head on me as to what I can and can't um, tweet. For those of uh, you listening out, did you catch that? Catherine is the compliance person and she's tweeting <laughs> hundreds of times a day, hundreds of times a week. This is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah, so well, as I say, I'm the compliance director, marketer, social networker, now insurance advisor, health and safety guy. I'm, I pretty much do everything that Alan doesn't want to do. To be <laughs> and and, and let, let's, just ex- let's just explore this theme a little bit more because, uh, Alan, you mentioned before the three Bs, bigger, bolder and braver. Actually, that's a term that I have used, but I, I, I didn't invent it myself. I, as you know, I've been a major fan of content marketing for many, many years. Now, I use it in my own business. I tried to use it in my previous roles within big corporates, and that's possibly one of the reasons why I left, because they weren't that interested in it. Um, but recently, I was at a conference in Edinburgh, the Content Marketing Academy conference, and there was a, a great speaker from the United States called Anne Handley at the conference, and she used this term, bigger, bolder and braver and she was saying there are so many industries out there not just financial services any industries that are just quite happy to be mediocre and to conform to the norm uh, conform to the norm I quite like that and uh, uh, maybe that's one for my next presentation uh, but but they're not pushing themselves are not trying to be different and they're not standing out and she made this great big case that you know whatever industry you're in these days the digital landscape is cluttered. There's so much stuff out there. If you're going to stand out, you've got to do something different. So I came back from this conference feeling all motivated, as you would. And then that following Monday, you broke with your very, very striking, very big, very bold, very brave campaign, which basically involves zombies, doesn't it? It does. Um, it came about because I did a general search on the internet and I was thinking, I wonder if anybody's done anything about Game of Thrones and life insurance. I don't know why I thought about it, but I did. And I did this search and I found someone who'd actually done um, a protection review of quite a few of the Game of Thrones characters and given like potential premiums in a sense. And I thought, well, that's a bit different. That's a bit quirky. And I said to Alan, I was like, right, we need to do something like this. We need to do it on the other characters, the other big characters. And he just turned around to me and was like, why don't we do The Walking Dead? That's a really good one. So I was like, okay, I'm on it. And I went away. A couple of hours later, I came back and I was like, right, this. And um, I don't know too much about the, the series myself because, again, I sort of I, I stopped you watching. Said. It got a bit violent for me, to be honest. <laughs> I, I couldn't cope with it. I think it was the last season. And, I, and after hearing what that Nagan's done recently, yeah. I don't think I could have coped with that one, at all. One of our salespeople <laughs> in the office, one of our advisors, is um, is a massive, massive fan as well. So he was so so happy to give his uh, you know opinions and say, well, I, yeah, this, you know. Yeah, that person's doing that, but hang on. It was just like, hang on, that's what they do in the TV series, but that's not what the comic says. <laughs> and, you know, he really, really gave us fantastic pointers on it. What you've so. effectively done is you've created a, a, an infographic which yeah. effectively says if you were the character of Rick Grimes, these yeah. are the sort of dangers that you might face, you know, disability, um, right. dismemberment, I think you use the, the great phrase, dismemberment. Yeah. And dismemberment, mutilation. <laughs> and and I mean, this, this this is just far beyond. I, mean, I, I can actually imagine that some people out there might think, wow, this is a little bit too far. I, I, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with this because you are talking about disability, perhaps, and, and making light of it. My re- response to that would always be, uh, The Walking Dead's a TV series. It ain't real. It Let's is. And also, on. the thing for us is that we're not in any way trying to trivialise the products or the disabilities, etc., that could be um, mentioned in that infographic. Mm-hmm. And obviously, 
apologies to anybody who does feel that way. That isn't what our intention is. Our intention is to say to people and to the general public, again, like we said earlier, life insurance is boring. If you just sit there and talk about life insurance, you're going to get the glazed eyes and people aren't going to be interested. But this was a way to say, you know what, it may be boring, but let's bring it into some kind of a realm where people can actually realise, well, actually, yeah, if they had had life insurance, this would have been the perfect scenario where they'd have needed it. And I think when you have something like social media as well, any post to do with life insurance, CI, income protection, people will go straight past it. So if you want to engage with people on things like social media, you need to grab their attention. And even if, you know, this thing that Catherine did was, was I think, absolutely brilliant because it does, it, it gets people's attention through something that they find interesting. Yeah. But even, you know, I, I doubt very much that anyone's going to read that and go, oh, do you know what, actually, I need some life insurance. But if it sets the message and it helps people make, you know, realize these products are available, and even if years down the line or, you know, months down the line, they spot something like it again, it's just all trying to get that message out to the public um, via you know something that is is hugely popular like social media. It's trying to get that message out there, a very very important message in a way that is going to engage people. Because like we say, we've got plenty of clients who are coming to us who know the need for the protection, but there is obviously a, a huge protection gap in in this country, and we all know that it's there. And how do we engage those people? And clearly, standard advertising campaigns aren't working because that protection gap is massive so why not try and do something that is that little bit different even if they end up not speaking with ourselves but even if it just makes someone think about it and so they go and look elsewhere it doesn't in a sense it doesn't really matter you know it'd be lovely if they did come and speak to us but it just gets that message going. I think traditional, you know, sort of the traditional marketing. As I can't remember the last advert I saw in a magazine. I can't remember the last TV advert I ever saw because everything's recorded on Sky and you fast forward them. So, you know, the internet, social media is what the next generation are using. Mm. Um, you know, so there's got to be a way to engage people through it. And what's interesting as well is that one of the tweets I got back in regards to the zombie um, infographic was from Unum, who sent me an infographic they'd done a few years ago. Where there is actually zombie insurance in some parts of the world, yeah. so it isn't an alien <laughs> and vampire insurance. So it's not that unusual what I've done. Actually, it is. I'm going to hazard there. a guess that they're available in the states. I think that yeah. uh, you know tapping into pop culture is a remarkably good way of getting messages across because let's face it even though you know you're saying well i don't really have time to watch walking dead game of thrones whatever it is a lot of people do they binge on box sets i can remember many many years ago when i was working at scottish provident alf roberts in coronation street passed away in a chair on new year's eve and the storyline in the episode said that the life insurance company wouldn't pay out because effectively that he died after midnight and the policy ran out at midnight. And I went. I remember going into, I was only a junior in the company at the time, and I went into the marketing director and said, we've got to get a press release out and say that Scottish Provident would have paid this claim had yeah. Alf Roberts had. And the marketing director looked at me as if I was some sort of lunatic. He says, oh, for goodness sake, Roger, go away. Don't be silly. And I'm saying... 
at the time, 17 million people watched this last night. Yeah. 17 million people think that life insurance companies would split hairs over the timing of a, of a claim. Let's yeah. put the record straight. But of course, I was overruled at the time. And that, of course, in those days, there was no social media. There was no um, instantaneous access to people. But today, when something happens like that, okay, we know it's make-believe, but it's a great way of putting a message out there. And, and you know, you've done a really good job with your Walking Dead in- infographic. And you've got more to come, haven't you, Catherine? We do. I've got another one in the pipeline. So um, so we're just going to be getting that up to the uh, to the graphic designer soon. So I can only do a little bit in regards to infographics. It's not <laughs> my um, forte. So, uh, so and what, be and what's, what's been the reaction to the, the Walking Dead campaign so far? Um, it's been um, fantastic. Uh, we've not had anybody be negative about it, which is good. But maybe good. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> People maybe just aren't talking to us anymore. I don't know. Um, but uh, like for in regards to like Twitter, you know, we've got something like another 85 followers or something. And it was an extra 41 on that day alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that we launched it and um, granted I was targeting anyone and everyone who had any kind of semblance to the financial industry with my tweets it's worked really, the engagement really well. was nice and some of the messages that we had back of it and some of the interest you know has been fantastic and it mainly has been Twitter hasn't it through through the yeah. outreach and it was interesting you know it was fun at the, the money marketing you know getting people's opinions and people saying stuff about it and you know so so yeah it's it's been great and we're really looking forward to the next one now as well yeah the thing is, you've set the bar quite high now, Catherine I know. and Alan. The next one's going to have to. <laughs> so, so you, you know, you're, you're going to have to continually push the barriers, I think. All I will say is for the next one, I'm very excited because it's one of my favourite ever. I won't say too much else, but it is to do with one of my favourite ever shows. So um, that's, yes. that's my sort of hint with it. But we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to come with a bit of a campaign, like an, a bit of a play on something that is quite a popular website at the moment. So we're, we're doing an insurance movie database. <laughs> um, and we're hoping that we're going to, again, do these different um, shows and films and we'll take a slightly different angle probably each time but again just trying to highlight where in a humorous way where insurance would have been really advantageous for people who like you said you know you've got 17 million viewers for the combination street at that time i'm sure it's possibly even more than that now and even though it is make-believe to a quite a lot of people these people in a sense are real they are their friends in many ways so it actually does matter to them so if you can talk to people in a sense about a friend of theirs and how you could have helped them or how they could have been um, better off by doing some kind of planning ahead, then then that can only be a good thing as far as we're concerned. The the insurance movie database, that is genius. I love that. I've, I've, got, I've, I've got this in my head now. I see Samuel Jackson reciting that passage from the Bible as he t- turns to shoot the guy in the chair. And I'm thinking, there, that guy in the chair, you should have bought your life insurance policy, exactly. shouldn't you? Goodness well, gracious me. At least me. a critical illness policy as well. You know, you may, not, you know, you may end up in a coma from it. So, so wow, Alan and, and Catherine, you've come so far and done so much in the last few years you've taken a company which was effectively going to be closed down by the old principal yep. and you've transferred it you found a really interesting niche you've focused in on a group of customers who find it quite difficult to get protection because they they are uh, quirky lives or they or they have hazardous occupations or, or pursuits but you've also created a sideline where you're helping other financial services professionals to place cover that perhaps they find a little bit too tricky or maybe the process 
process takes too long. And now you've branched out into this amazing, quite big, quite bold and quite brave marketing effort. So that this is just really, really exciting. What would be the one thing that you'd like the listeners of the Empath podcast to take out of all the experiences you've had over the last few years? Maybe start with you, Alan. Um, I, I think for, for me more than anything is, um, especially with the insurance side, is, is never give up on a client. You know, it may seem like because of certain health conditions or things that they do that they're not going to get the cover or just because they've been declined or not back. It doesn't mean that it's the end of the road for that client. So if you have the resource, you know, yourself, try elsewhere, get on the phone, speak to underwriters and try and get these people the cover because it is amazing how different insurers will be once you get talking to them about the ins and outs of these conditions. And if people don't have the time, you know, if that is too much of a resource to spend, use, even if it's not ourselves, but speak to somebody who does something like this and it is all they do because they might be able to at least point you in the right direction or help you get that cover for the client. And Catherine? Um, pretty much the same thing. Just don't give up. Fight on for your clients, and and if you really can't, then speak to somebody like us. And you know, this is what we do. In a sense, we're providing, we're being the advisors for the advisors. In a sense, so, you know, just as you would suggest to your client to go to an advisor, we're suggesting to as the advisor go to an advisor. And that's probably really the main message. Don't. It, there's, it's very rare that you can't do anything at all. So it is always worth. There's usually some option out there. And, and I think the other thing is just to go back to the social media side and uh, and the advertising, be adventurous. You know, I, I'm very big. I've always been, um, as you say, quite reserved with it. Catherine's completely proved me that that is not the way to go. And get yourselves out there. You know, if you've got an idea, go for it. Wow, guys, that's been amazing to talk to you this morning. So much inspiration, so much uh, good stuff that you've done, and particularly uh, the way you've pushed the marketing to be bigger, bolder, and braver. Before we go, I always like to finish the Empath podcast with a quick fire round of business questions. So let's go for the first one. And if there was one thing that you would change about the financial services industry, if somebody gave you a magic wand to wave, for example, what would it be, Catherine? Uh, well, for me, um, it would probably be the perception of the public to the products, to be honest. Um, say something like income protection. Um, people, as soon as you mention something like that to them, sometimes if they've come to you and you're trying to see if they need that cover as well, they're straight away, oh, you know, because they're so worried about everything following the PPI fallout. Mm. Um, so it'd be lovely if we could just actually, the positive stories and those positive claim statistics actually out there a lot more and if people could remember those rather than obviously the the odd negative times um, where where claims don't uh, pay out for whatever reason. And Alan? I think for me it would be more flexibility on on sort of the products and the innovation. Um, It's been great this last few years to see how the income protection market's actually improved. You know, we've more providers on now for that. I think that we even have for life cover. Um, We found it unbelievable that actually that is probably one of the easier policies now for, for us to place with people with health conditions because you've more insurers, you've more flexibility, you've many more options, even though the statistics for sales for that product still show that actually it's the, the, the least um, least bought policy out of that life and CI. I'd like to see something like that more on, on the critical illness and the life side. You know, there are still especially critical illness times where clients cannot get the cover. Mm. And I would really like to see more insurers actually 
to be honest, expanding and, and being braver with that side to be able to, to, to offer cover to clients with conditions, whether with price increases or exclusions or um, you know some other option. Even though your campaigns stood out for me, you tell me about a business model or a product or a campaign that's caught your attention in the last year. Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. I think for both of us, it was that Game of Thrones that I mentioned um, Mm -hmm. earlier, where it was just seeing something where it was bringing the product in a humorous way to something that everyone in many ways is is talking about or at least heard of so it, it just really stood out and it gave us that confidence to go ahead with the walking dead campaign and obviously mm-hmm. if, we, if i hadn't seen that then i don't think it would have crossed our minds to do the walking dead one <laughs> and uh, to, uh, to give alan the sort of letting me do the go ahead to actually go ahead <laughs> with doing something like that tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your working lives mine is probably really sad actually and nothing to do with financial services mm-hmm. um but turbo scan um, <laughs> right it's a great little app and you scan your receipts with it and it puts them on your phone and then you can upload them onto whatever system you use uh, for me it's fab because it saves me getting up from my desk walking to the front of the office and using the scanner so lazy <laughs> <laughs> but for me it would be um buffer because for that's the one I've come across at the moment that works really well for me for the social media sort of I can get my I can get the Twitter the LinkedIn the Facebook the Google Plus and I think possibly even Pinterest maybe on there now but I'm not positive about that one um, and be able to do all my posts from there um, quite easily uh, which with everything else that I do as well um, is, is fantastic. What's the best business book you've ever read? Tell us what it was and what you got from it. Well, mine um, is, oh, I'm hoping people have heard of it. I'm not sure if they've done because it's a bit of an unusual one. It would be, uh, it, it's two books that sort of run side by side that, because of the amount of information that are in them. So it's from my uh, thesis days. Um, so Stafford Beer, uh, first one, Brain of the Firm, and then also The Heart of Enterprise. And it's a systems thinking book. And he basically, Stafford Beer, um, created and presented a business model that is um, called the Viable Systems Model. Mm -hmm. And it's based on the five core systems that regulate and um, make the human body function because his view was the most viable system that we know is the human body. It works fantastically well. And he said, right, what we need to do is model our businesses based upon the human body. So our primary activities, our regulation, our higher brain functions, mid-brain based brain functions. And it's a holistic systems thinking as well. So it's not a deductive process that you go through. It is a everything affects everything else. So you don't just look at one thing in isolation and go, right, something's wrong here. Let's go downwards and inwards and into it and find sort of like the really, really base thing. It's a, right, something's going wrong here. Let's find out what's going on, but then how can we interact with it and make sure all the other systems work in place? What's missing from somewhere? What isn't just linking up quite right? And Alan, your book? Uh, so I'm going to use this question to get some kudos um, and say Catherine's thesis for this one. Um, <laughs> 80,000 uh, pages. Um, um, 80,000 pages? 80,000 pages? 80,000 words. That's amazing. <laughs> it, was, it was just under 85,000 as yeah. well, thank you. Okay. So, 85,000 words, reading it multiple times. Um, that was... Soul Destroy? <laughs> guys i'm thinking that a lot of people listening to the podcast today are going to want to get in touch with you to talk about 
not only the services you offer to customers, but how you can help other financial advisors with their protection if they come across some quirky lives. So what's the best way that people should get in touch? Um, so there's, there's two ways I would say. Um, the main one that people use at the moment is through our website, um, which is the uh, specialriskbureau.co.uk. Um, or you can just search Special Risk Bureau on Google and mm-hmm. you'll find it. Um, there is actually an, an IFA section on there which allows people to, to drop us an email and there's a contact number on there. I just encourage people, the easiest way is give us a quick call using the number on there. You know, we, We'll have a chat with people um, and tell them a little bit about how we work and, and obviously the service we offer. Um, the, the other uh, obvious one is uh, social media. So uh, Catherine's Twitter account, uh, which is Catherine underscore Kiora. Yeah. And um, Kiora, C-U-R-A. Uh, find her on there, follow her on there, and uh, obviously by all means drop us a message. Fantastic, guys. I'll put all those contact details in the show notes for this episode, including the Twitter, including the website, and also a link to the uh, Walking Dead infographic at the show notes it's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf that's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf guys i've had a real blast talking to you this morning it's been great fun it's been motivational it's been informative let me wish you every success for the future and i know that we're going to run into each other again soon at an awards ceremony when you walk up there to grab hold of your gong thanks guys thank you very much brilliant thanks roger really appreciate it For listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You can be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay?